welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey, Meredith. Definitely a better vibe this week. Um, hopefully not as a depressing episode as last week. Feeling a lot better. There's, uh, you know, there's some things that like I'm still worried about, but like, no, I mean, at least we have a W in the column this week. Exactly. I mean, that's all that matters. It wasn't the prettiest win, but hey, a win's a win. Yeah. I do have to say, this is very funny. Uh, I was talking uh, to a friend on Sunday at the Browns game and he was like, I was about to listen to your podcast last week. And then I thought, will this just make me depressed and sad? <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe we should rethink the name from last week's podcast. <laughs> I thought we did our best to put a positive spin on it. I mean, I came out of it feeling better. It was just like a much needed rant session. Yeah, we we needed our own, you know, self-help therapy time. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, this will be a much more positive show because again, we got the W. In fact, uh, even the Browns got a W yesterday. Best birthday present I could have asked for. So yeah. doing really, really great. There you go. Um, yeah. So just, just, yeah, we're, we're all positive vibes this week. Um, however, Megan, like overall thoughts from the game. Okay. Honestly, I really don't know how to feel because clearly it was better than last week. We won. But CJ Stroud did not look great. Our pass defense did not look great, but our run defense definitely improved. So there was definitely some improvements made. Obviously, Kerry Coombs was not making the calls. Matt Barnes was. So I like the switch up this week. It was definitely much needed, but we still have a long way to go if we want to get back into the playoff conversation. For sure. And it's interesting because it is Tulsa and you know, the broadcasters started saying this at the end of the game. They really are a very good 0-3 team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I knew that. Like, they when lost. I looked at the schedule, they, like, they're not just, like, a rollover team. Like, dare I say Akron. I mean, you never know with this Buckeye team. But they're definitely, <laughs> like, a solid opponent for sure. Yeah. And, you know, playing in the AAC championship against Cincinnati last year, which is saying something, um, they have an actually very outstanding defense. They consistently hold even high scoring offenses like Oklahoma state to pretty or relatively low scores. Um, so the fact that Ohio state was able to put 40 plus was, you know, somewhat impressive. Um, all that being said, you know, you do put Oregon in that position and you think if like Tulsa was a better team like would they be able to exploit some of the things that they were not necessarily able to exploit would they catch some of the passes that they dropped would they be able to run maybe better routes like and it sort of feels that way and so I'm also having some like I'm giving I have some pause when I think about Ohio State's defense yeah it still I mean, feels like there's a lot of issues Tulsa put up 500 yards of offense against us. Like their quarterback, Davis Brin, and their number one receiver, Josh Johnson, they both had career highs in yards. So obviously our pass, game, pass defense is still struggling. But I mean, Tulsa is a solid offense. Like they're not just a random team. They're a pretty good team. But yeah, still a little bit concerned about our defense. Yeah. And, you know, one factor that 
was not at play this week that was at play last week. And perhaps you can lend a better perspective to this. It didn't seem like the crowd was much into it. And in fact, it was the smallest crowd at Ohio Stadium, excluding the pandemic in a very long time. Yeah, since 1971. Like, I mean, honestly, I didn't really notice too much of a difference because obviously the students are always super loud. But if you looked around the stadium, you could definitely tell there were less seats being filled. So I was kind of shocked that we had that low of an attendance because obviously we're facing Tulsa. It's not, you know, an opponent that everyone comes to see. But after the loss against Oregon the week before, you would think that everyone would want to come and see a bounce back win. But yeah, just a lot of people missing. So that was that was a little bit interesting. We'll see if more people come to the Akron game this Saturday. <laughs> I mean, if if this week was any precedent, it certainly doesn't bode well. But yeah, I agree with you. It really felt like folks would have wanted to turn out because they're still looking. They were still at the time looking for their first home win of the year. Um, and so it was interesting that, you know, that did not happen. Uh, however, in terms of good news, from Saturday, uh, we seem to have freed Travion Henderson, which was thrilling. He was our entire offense. Like without him, I don't know how that game would have went. He was just absolutely unbelievable. Breaking Archie Griffin's freshman rushing record in a single game. Like he just totally went off every time. I swear every play he just broke free and just sped to the end zone. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. So definitely needed him to have a great game considering Stroud wasn't doing so well. So kudos to Henderson. He did absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and Megan, I just saw your recent article posted about other emerging freshmen. So who have you seen who's been impressive? Yeah. So on the other side of the ball, I highlighted Denzel Burke. He had another good game um, this Saturday as well. He's just, he's really stepped up. You know, I didn't know that he was actually a receiver in high school and that's mainly what he's played his whole life. So this January, when he enrolled early, he converted to defensive back and he's done amazing. I mean, as a true freshman to get the start in the very first game of the season and he's kept going. I mean, he's just been doing very well. I mean, there are some injuries, but I think he'll still be getting a lot of time on the field. I think he'll actually still be starting because he's just doing absolutely phenomenal. So these freshmen are really stepping up for this team. So that's fun to see. For sure. Um, as an aside, can you imagine being so athletically gifted that you could just switch positions at a D1 college football program and still be starting? No. <laughs> I can't. Speaking of the receivers who stayed receivers, however, uh, Chris Olave had his first game as a Buckeye without a reception Saturday. Really? I didn't even, okay, I knew his name wasn't so being called, but I mean, yeah, that does make sense because he definitely was just pretty quiet all game. That was, I guess. He had when, one catch in the fourth quarter that got called back on a penalty, not on Olave. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about CJ Stroud in a minute. Um, and, the relative struggles of being a redshirt freshman quarterback in a major program and, you know, winning a game by three touchdowns. Um, however, that being said, uh, yeah, very sad for Olave to break that streak, which was super impressive. I mean, even last season. Yeah. I definitely thought that was a streak that was going to be broken this year. I mean, 
just to have at least one reception. He usually gets a touchdown every game, much less a reception. So that's just a shocking stat. I mean, it does make sense, though. I mean, Stroud was struggling, so Olave must have been struggling as well. But that's just another reason why Henderson did so well. The passing game just wasn't there. So Henderson took the opportunity and literally ran with it. Um, So on that note, is there a quarterback controversy at Ohio State? I feel like there might be one brewing. I mean, all around campus, I keep hearing people being like, is CJ Stroud? Should he be our starter? Like, should we bring in someone else? I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I feel like he's just very inconsistent so far. I mean, obviously, we've only had three games, but he played great against Oregon, but then he played crappy against Tulsa, which doesn't really make sense because Oregon was a much better team. So I feel like we just keep, we need to keep giving him reps. I, I feel like he should still remain the starter, at least for the next couple of games. I mean, if he does bad against Akron, then that's when the conversation should start about (laughs) bringing in another quarterback. But I feel like for now, he should keep being the starter. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's yes, every game is important. And yes, Ohio State's dropped one already. But in some ways, it's still, especially at this point in the season, it's about progress, not perfection. Um, and what would you really gain by putting someone else in at quarterback at this point? Right. Like as much as he struggled, he struggled in one game, um, you know, in his first game, the odds were certainly stacked against him with foul weather. Right. Um, it's going to be challenging to be a quarterback, no matter how good you are in those conditions. Um, and so when you think about if Stroud is able to turn it on and turn it around against Akron, if we see some of the flashes that we saw against Oregon heading into big 10 play, once again, Ohio state has a relatively early or easy, early big 10 schedule. Um, you know, he still has a chance to find his groove and he once again is surrounded by veteran receivers who are able to help carry him, um, and a running back who is coming on strong and who can anchor this offense. So it doesn't feel like Ohio state would be gaining a lot by making a switch now. Right. And when you think about it, like you're going to switch to another inexperienced quarterback, like at least Stroud has a few games under his belt, but all these other quarterbacks, they've never played in a game before. So you have to wait for them to get warmed up too. So you might as well just keep going with Stroud. Hopefully he'll get some confidence after this Akron game and just in the next few games going forward. But yeah, I think they should definitely keep Stroud as a starter. Yeah. And you know, different is not always better. Like just because it's a different quarterback than Stroud doesn't mean that that person is going to be better in games than Stroud is like Ryan day would not be playing Stroud if he didn't think that he was the best option currently. Right. Um, so just something to consider. Um, anyways, uh, despite popular belief, Ohio state is not the only program in college football. Um, and we learned a lot about some other programs in the college football landscape this weekend, starting with Alabama. Megan is Alabama vulnerable. Uh, I'm going to have to go with maybe, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) they won by only two points, which is shocking for Alabama. That's the closest game they've had in two years. I mean, then again, it was to a very 
good Florida program. I mean, they've definitely stepped it up the past few years, and they looked very good in this game, especially their defense. And their quarterback is just getting more comfortable as he gets more playing time. But Alabama also looked very good. I mean, Bryce Young, did you see the first quarter? Like, he was in the swamp for his first (laughs) road game ever, and he threw three touchdown passes. Like, this kid is for real. I mean, I think he's still the Heisman favorite after three games, but he looked great. But then again, the Florida defense also looked great. So I don't think Alabama as is as invincible as last year. I mean, their team last year was just one of a kind, obviously, but there might be some threats to them this year. So that'll be interesting to watch going forward. Yeah. I mean, I just felt really silly asking the question because Alabama like a a still very good Alabama team who's been impressive in their first two games went on the road against a very good Florida team and still won the football game. Like, and the biggest storyline is like, are they vulnerable? Did they show any weakness? It's like, come on, like any other team going on the road and beating a conference opponent this early in the season would be getting so much credit for eking out that kind of win. Um, and so it's just very interesting, but I agree. Alabama is obviously for real. They've been for real for many years now. Um, did they show glimpses that maybe, uh, opponents are able to stop them in ways that they have not been stopped? in recent memory, uh, perhaps. Um, but Nick Saban is also an amazing coach and having this test early on, he will certainly make those adjustments, which is somewhat frightening. Um, speaking of other frightening possibilities, uh, Iowa and Penn state are now ranked ahead of Ohio state in the AP poll. Um, Penn state obviously had a big win this weekend over Auburn. Um, at home in a whiteout game, which was very cool to see when you are not the team that Penn state is playing against. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly looking like Iowa and Penn state are the teams to beat in the big 10 this season. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought Iowa before the season? I mean, Penn state's always been pretty good. My darling husband who always picks Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I mean, he gets points for that one, but Iowa is legit this year. I mean, the fact that they're ranked ahead of us in the rankings kind of hurts my soul a little bit. But at the same time, they are for real. I definitely think they are. Mm, I'll give them number two in the Big Ten. I'll still make us number one just because I'm a homer. But Penn State also looks very good as well. And the whiteout is one of the best traditions in college football, like you said, when they're not playing Ohio State. But a huge win for them over Auburn. I mean, Bo Nix just did not look good in that game at all, and Auburn's defense totally exposed that. So I'm a little bit nervous for Penn State to come to Columbus uh, next month, but either way, just really great teams, and it's making the Big Ten look good as well. For sure. And, you know, maybe the team we didn't want to look good in the Big Ten, do we want to get into what Michigan did this weekend? Ugh. Okay, Michigan is good, yeah, but, like, they literally faced, what, Eastern Illinois or something? Like, they literally won. Like, what? Exactly. (laughs) Like, it doesn't even matter. They won by, what, 50-something points? Yeah, whatever. I'm sure Ohio State could have done that, too. Like, Michigan, just chill out. 
I don't know why everyone's freaking yeah. out. We've got a lot to prove against Akron. Uh, Michigan did score on eight of its first nine possessions. Once again, it was against a directional Illinois team. Um, so we will, we'll see how they ultimately play out. Um, however, Michigan did beat Washington in week two. Uh, they have looked more legit than they have basically since Jim Harbaugh took over, uh, in Ann Arbor. Um, but more to come on that, uh, last college football team of interest, Cincinnati. I mean, Ohio state, not only are we not the highest ranked team from the big 10 and the AP poll, we are also not the highest ranked team from the state of Ohio. This is bananas. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Everyone is upset about it here in Columbus. But after their game against Indiana, I was kind of my I was kind of not impressed with Cincinnati. I mean, I thought they were pretty good all year, but Indiana's not the best team and Michael Penix Jr. has not been playing great either. So they kind of struggled with Indiana. I mean, they did pull out the win, which is respectable, but they definitely had some of their flaws exposed. So It'll be interesting to see how they play going forward with these better opponents because Indiana is one of the better opponents that they'll face, but they struggled against them and they still aren't that good. So interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati does have Notre Dame this weekend. I'm still cheering for Cincinnati in that matchup. I'll take Luke Fickle. I know he didn't do much for us in 2011, but still fun to see an Ohio State alum. Oh, for sure. A top 10 team, even if it's not. Ohio State. He went to my high school too. So just a little homer for him as well. I mean, I like him. It's just his team is, yeah. I mean, it's just annoying that his team is ranked ahead of us right now. Eh. I did pick them as my surprise in the college football playoff. I know. I just hope you're doing well to the detriment of Ohio State. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, we really could talk about this all day, uh, but we are going to take a quick break. We've got more coming up. So stay with us. Welcome back. Heading over to the NFL, uh, we did have some exciting news. Uh, We obviously love following the saga of Justin Fields. Um, So Cincinnati's playing Chicago on Sunday, right? Andy Dalton gets hurt. And who comes in to save the game for the Bears? None other than Justin Fields. I mean, this one is just hard because... We love Joe Burrow, too, but obviously we love Justin Fields. So I was so happy for him. I mean, great job for him getting his first win. But Joey B throwing three interceptions in a row, like, I I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he had the longest active streak without an interception, and then he just threw three in a row. Like, he kind of just fizzled out for a second there, but then he bounced back. But still, Justin Fields... Definitely deserves credit for this one. I mean, he did come in for relief for Andy Dalton, so he did do well in that sense. But I just want to see him start. Like, please make him the starter, Matt Nagy. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, though. Why? Not sure. But Fields definitely did well coming in for relief. I mean, he's building up, like, all the reasons to start him, right? Because, like, at the beginning of the season, it fully made sense why you would start Dalton. Like, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He can carry the team and at least manage the game while Fields learns the playbook, learns about, you know, being an NFL quarterback. But at this point, like, Fields has played plenty of snaps and 
again, just came in relief of an injured Dalton to win the game for Chicago. So I guess that's just he's, not enough. It, it feels like, I mean, it's also, <laughs> to be fair, it's also Cincinnati. Okay, fair. <laughs> They're not but... there yet. <laughs> but still, a win is a win. Like the Ohio State against Tulsa. It's true. You know, there are no <laughs> Cleveland Browns, but whatever. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of other notable former Ohio State football standouts, um, <laughs> Urban Meyer, Jacksonville, oh, question God. marks. <laughs> what? I mean, this is such a dumpster fire and it just keeps getting more fascinating every week. I mean, can we just appreciate that it's literally week two and Urban felt the need to tell the fans to just hang in there and we'll turn it around? <laughs> like, oh, Urban, he's just so not used to this losing and looking this bad. I mean, it's it's kind of laughable, but at the same time, I do feel bad for him. But Trevor Lawrence is just really struggling and the whole team is just not looking good at all. Like, this is truly a dumpster fire for Urban. I mean, there's a reason they got the number one overall pick, right? Like, it's <laughs> not exactly a phenomenally run organization. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of other strange happenings with not phenomenally run organizations, uh, apparently Deshaun Watson is still in the quarterback conversation for the Houston Texans. Um, the good news is the Texans did come out today and say that even with an injury to Tyrod Taylor, Watson was not being named the starting quarterback, but it, I find it a little bit disturbing that that was even a possibility. Right. Like, I don't even know how that is possible. I mean, he should just be inactive the whole season until they get this case sorted out. So I just don't know what their organization is thinking. They're just really hoping that he can play at some point, but obviously he just, he can't. I mean, yeah, you have Davis Mills, which is like kind of a yikes, but I mean, <laughs> you got him or you got to re-sign someone else. So it's definitely unfortunate that Tyra Taylor got injured because he was playing well first two weeks, but Deshaun Watson is not your answer right now. No. And, you know, we should probably get Kelsey back on the show because perhaps there's a legal reason with his contract <laughs> why you know, he can't be released or I don't know, mm -hmm. something. Oh. Um, so we are now moving on to a much more serious topic. Uh, Simone Biles did last week uh, speak about the abuse she suffered at the hands of USA Gymnastics, in particular, the team doctor, Larry Nasser. Um, the Olympic gymnast testified last week before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, alongside other gymnasts whose names you all know, uh, Ali Raisman, uh, Michaela Maroney, um, several others, uh, who did speak up on behalf of themselves and other gymnasts, uh, who did suffer abuse from team Dr. Larry Nasser. Um, in particular, Biles called out the FBI's and USA Gymnastics utter failures to protect athletes, which perpetuated continued abuse of young girls for years. This whole case just literally makes me sick to my stomach because I just don't know how so many people knew about it and they just continued to let it happen to these young girls. So I think it's just so brave of Simone and all the other gymnasts to come and speak out and speak their truth and stand up for themselves and hold those people accountable because they definitely should be and they should 
be facing consequences for their actions because of everything that these girls had to go through, especially at such a young age. So definitely super proud of all these gymnasts for standing up for themselves. Um, and we certainly hope that these women uh, and the literal hundreds of others uh, who were placed in this position get the justice that they deserve. Um, if you listen to Ali Raisman's testimony last week, she described a conversation she had years ago with an FBI agent um, detailing the abuse. And if you look at the timeline and if you look at some of the articles that have been posted recently, um, if that testimony was taken seriously and Nasser was taken out of his role when these allegations came to light, uh, at least 70 women would have not suffered abuse at his hands. Um, and so it's just extremely horrific what these women had to go through and the fact that they seem to have been failed at every step. But yes, to your point, um, we can we can't say enough about these women who very bravely stood up in front of Congress um, and spoke up uh, on behalf of themselves and others. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think how this all happened and how so many people let it happen. But yeah, again, to your point about Ali Raisman's um, when she got interviewed with the FBI agent, I'm pretty sure he just said. Is that it? Like after she described all that that she went through. Yeah. Is that all? Like, are you kidding? Right. She's literally a young girl and that's just disgusting that it happened to her. So the system definitely failed these girls, but they should be getting the justice that they deserve. Hopefully they won't fail them a second time. I'm sure they will not. But yeah, these girls are just terrific athletes, terrific human beings. So Super proud of them and what they're doing. And and we have to end on the light note, not light note at all, but the more positive note that um, people are finally taking these folks seriously. Uh, the FBI director did stand up and thank them for their testimony and say that uh, this should never happen again. Yeah, I mean, they are, you know, owning that they messed up and they are making changes to ensure that it will never happen again. So hopefully it does <laughs> never happen again, but... Yeah, I just I'll be happy when it's all over. That is all we have for today. Uh, Before we wrap up the show, Megan, do you have an end of show shout out? Yeah. So let's end the show on a lighter note. Uh, I just started a YouTube channel today and I posted. Yeah, I did a little week two recap of uh, all the NFL games happened this weekend. So if anyone wants to go check it out, it's just my name. So just a little shameless self promo. Because I'm a homer, what was your hot take on the Browns? Okay, so I didn't have any time to fit in the Browns, but (laughs) I know so many of my friends are upset with me. I'm like, okay, I'll for sure include them next week. But hey, they did look good. Okay, Baker did well. The Browns look good. That's all I have to say. My Jets, on the other hand, no, did not. (laughs) (laughs) And I made sure to mention Zach Wilson. So there you go, Browns fans. I dissed on my own quarterback a lot. Oh, that's rough, Megan. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not really a shout out. Well, I guess it's a shout out. Uh, I got to see our former co-host Tia Johnston on Sunday at the Browns game and it made my day and I'm so happy. Oh, that's awesome. What a great birthday weekend for you. I mean, phenomenal. Oh my gosh. And I'll, I'll just give a shout out to everyone. I saw my birthday weekend. I got to see my two best friends and their significant others. And my husband took us all to like this great French restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. Um, shout out to, Hey, if there's anyone listening, he lives in Cleveland, uh, Lal, Lalbatross. 
It's like albatross, but with like an L with a apostrophe. Um, They literally had this cheese board, Megan. Oh, they just like bring over a cheese board with like 25 different kinds of cheese. And they're like, how many kinds of cheese do you want? And you can get like three or five or seven. And then they told us that the limit did not exist. And I was like, great. And then they just like tell you about all the cheese and like slice you off little bits of cheese. And we were just like, this is the greatest thing in the universe. My jaw just dropped. Like that literally sounds like heaven. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Dreams do come true in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, that's all we have for you for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hyde, and the site at Langrit33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.